0: Hi, this is Rochelle Gaper, the author of the book, One Happy Thought at a Time, 30 Days to a Happier You. And you're listening to Chasing Dreams with Amy J.
1: Welcome to Chasing Dreams podcast with Amy J., Amy believes that realizing a life without regrets is achieved by taking chances, chasing your dreams, making moves, and overcoming your doubts. The Chasing Dreams podcast will help you overcome life's obstacles, believe in your potential, and inspire you to face your fears. And now, here's the woman who is passionately pursuing her dreams Amy J.
2: Hey, Dream Chasers, this is Amy J, your personal hype man and friend here today to thank you guys for tuning in to episode 243 of Chasing Dreams. Today, guys, I have an amazing Dream Chaser for you for Women's History Month. To honor it, we are bringing you Rochelle Gapare. She's an attorney, happiness coach, and entrepreneur known for bringing her charismatic personality and sheer joy for living to every experience and individual she encounters. Rochelle has mastered the art of fully living life passionately and and to the most. The release of her Amazon bestselling book, One Happy Thought at a Time, 30 Days to a Happier You, cements her lifelong practice of adding more happiness to this world by empowering others with science-based tools and techniques that help them lead happier, more fulfilling lives. I am so excited for you guys to meet Rochelle. I read her book, I couldn't put it down, and I just saw myself in it. And I thought it was important that she come onto the show to share what she taught and the lessons she's learned to help you guys as you chase your dreams. All right. But first a word from our sponsor. This episode of chasing dreams is sponsored by ringtones by Amy J. As your personal hype man, Amy wants to provide you with the tools to help you along your dream chase. These new ringtones can be used as text alerts, ringtones, or alarms. The ringtones range from an alarm reminding you it's time to be intentional to an affirmation reminding you that you are enough. To learn more, please visit amyj21.com tones or search for Amy J under iTunes on your iOS device or the Tunes ringtone store. And now here's Rochelle. Hey Rochelle, welcome to the show. Hi Amy, thank you so much for having me. You know, it wasn't really a question. It was It was getting the logistics to work because I found your book, through an interview you did with uh, uh, my brother, Stephen Hart, from Trailblazers, as you know, you did an amazing conversation. And he mentioned this book, and I was like, what is this book? And Stephen's a good uh, eye for good people and good uh, books to, to read. So I was like, okay, let me get this book. Let me see what it's about. I devoured your book. I gotta tell you, I had a hard time. It's This is what it was. I felt like you took your experiences from my brain. And... You know, every time I think people think that our experiences are unique to us. So when I'm reading it, I'm like, well, wait a minute. How is Rochelle going through exactly what I went through? How is she feeling the things I was feeling? How is she in my head the way you were? And guys, the link to the book will be in the show notes. Definitely check it out. I highly recommend it. Uh, It's worth it. And we're going to be talking about this book and things I think you need as Someone chasing your dreams. All right. So this is why I brought Rochelle on the show because she's got the knowledge and wherewithal and we got to talk about it. But before I can get to that, Rochelle, what did young Rochelle want to be when she grew up?
0: I wanted to be an attorney my whole life. I don't remember ever wanting to be anything else but an attorney. As long as I could remember. Three, four, five, eight, ten. What do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a lawyer. I want to be an attorney. Yep. But do you know why? Like what I guess because one, I used to always like to talk a lot. And to be fair, one of my favorite uncles, my uncle Mark, he was an attorney, um, I used to like to talk a lot. I used to like to advocate on behalf of people, especially the underdog. I was always a person in elementary school. In Jamaica, we call it prep school, who if anybody had a problem, they would come to me and I would go to fix it. You were a so, fixer. Yeah, I always had a passion for helping people, fighting for the underdog. And so I guess that that's what awakened that passion or that dream of being an attorney.
2: For me. I got to say, not many people come in with such conviction about what they want to do. So now looking back, any regrets about going down the path? Was it what you thought it would be? This is a perfect
0: question because I always wanted to be an attorney right. until I went to my first year of law school. Mm. Then I, and I thought, well, absolutely, this isn't what my calling is. I realized I love to learn. I was extremely curious. I loved the law, like learning about it. But the actual practice of law, it wasn't my thing. And to be fair, a semester, I graduated a semester from co- early from college mm-hmm. and I worked at my aunt's law firm at the time and she was a partner at the firm. It was a big international firm. And I remember I would show up every day and everybody was just so unhappy. They just had like very groggy, like energy. And I was showing up in like pink and blue and yellow and I was bouncing off the walls and I'm like, good morning. Hi. And they're looking at me like, okay, what is wrong with this girl? So that's, That experience was necessary because when I went to law school, I knew big law was not for me. Mm -hmm. However, when I started law school, I really, you know, I was just like, okay, well, this is not what I love. I can't imagine myself doing this forever. Mm -hmm. But at that point, I was 21 years old and had no other idea what I could do. And, you know, the thought of starting law school and dropping out or not finishing it, it didn't even occur to me because in my mind, you finish what you start and you do it well. And it's funny,
2: uh, guys, because I can attest. Uh, I I went to law school and did the oh, whole law whoa. thing. Yes, we have <laughs> that in common. That. We have that in common. I I technically am still a lawyer. Um, Me too. I'm still licensed and all, but I don't practice.
0: I still but practice.
2: I well, you know, hey, it works. I'm trying to get where you are, Amy. <laughs> but I mean, I do have a day job. But the thing is, is law school is exactly as you described it. It's it's eye opening. Mm-hmm. You realize, hey, this isn't exactly what you expected. And I gotta tell you, TV does not accurately portray the legal life, right?
0: girl not at all complete delusion and i am very clear about anybody who asks me listen i've i've actually saved quite a few people from going to law school Mm -hmm. taking up you know all these loans for no reason i tell them listen explore what you are passionate about go and sit in some law school classes see if it's something that you even enjoy or want to meet with a lot of attorneys across a lot of Mm -hmm. industries so you can have an idea if it's something you you want to do or if it's something you think you want to do that's a huge difference
2: it really is and i got to say that i thought i loved my law school experience i loved the education i loved what i did right negotiating i love that kind of thing it's the six figure debt i could have done without right i mean i could have done without that part and taken that education happily and been like yeah this was this was awesome i could feel like i could do anything but I got to admit, I was up in the air with, should I have done law school? Or should I have done an MBA? Like, mm-hmm. right? People
0: tend to do that. What was that feeling for you? So, you know what? Like, all along, like, I don't know that I'm older. I wonder if an MBA, an MBA would have been a better fit for me. Mm. However... I really don't have any regrets, per se, because law has opened up so many doors for me. So what I mean by that is, right, you know, when I graduated from law school, I started an event marketing company here in Miami called Social Esquire. And so anytime I would go to meet with people to use venues, you know, once they heard of I was an attorney, they were more willing to work with me. There's a certain level of respect and esteem that comes with having that law degree and so even now as a happiness coach when I was about to be you know when I started the journey three years ago so many people are like that's ridiculous why are you who who teaches people how to be happy and more people were willing to listen and that you know like accept or even entertain what I'm saying because I'm an attorney. Mm -hmm. So they're like, okay, an attorney who is teaching people how to be happy. Let me hear this. It sounds like an oxymoron, but let me dig deeper. And so, no, I actually work with bar associations to teach attorneys how to have more happy, fulfilling lives. I got an award from the Florida Bar for the happiness work that I'm doing in the legal field. And so it's full circle. I I realize that there are truly no mistakes if you learn the lesson in the experience. So would I say I would, maybe I would have not gone to law school if I could do my life over, but then in the same breath, I'm like, but law school has also opened so many doors for me. So yeah.
2: hundred percent. I mean, I'm not saying I regret law school. I think the reason I can look at paperwork myself, like I don't have to hire certain people. There's some things I will outsource, right? Get somebody who wants to deal with, all the the forms and and things, but the confidence I have to take care of my own paperwork, if necessary, as a businessman, uh, you know, is something I wouldn't trade because I think it saved me money in that sense. But to your point- there is
0: I would have pe- done it cheaper. Yes. That's what I would have done. Yes. I would have done it differently. There you go. So I would have probably gone to University of Florida instead <laughs> of going to University of Miami. You know what to me? like yeah. I mean? Like I would have just been smarter about the financial aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But there is a pedigree to it. You're not wrong. There is a pedigree with the word attorney. Whether you're practicing sure. or not, you're still an attorney. It's just people seem to and I don't know what it is, because it's not like you're bringing your attorney skill to To teach and speak, but your other skill, but it's like it gets you your foot in the door.
0: Yeah. So to speak. I think there's certain professions that just have certain esteems about it. So yeah. an attorney is one, You know, a judge, of course, is one. A doctor is one. Mm -hmm. You know, there are just some things it's just like, okay, well, if you could get through law school, pass the bar, you have to be smart somewhat. You know, people looking on really believe that. So, yeah, you know, it definitely has its parts. I didn't expect to be practicing law this long. This is now (laughs) going to be my 15th year. Oh, no, 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 my 16th year. This May, you know, May fifteen, um, will make oh sixteen years. Wow, yeah, <laughs> it's been a journey, but it's been great. You know,
2: yeah, and, and I bet, I bet, and the thing is, is that you've been on this journey, you've done it. What's interesting is not many people equate, like you said, you know, from your experience, happiness with attorneys, or even just right. Uh, attorneys are actually one of attorneys, doctors, dentists. I believe, are some of the highest, uh, the professions with the highest rate of suicide, unfortunately, uh, depression and stress, et cetera, et cetera. So when you say you're a happiness coach, one, I'm like, as an attorney? But two, yes. <laughs> I'm also like, oh, those that attorneys need it. <laughs> attorneys need it. Absolutely. So let's talk about how this came about, right? So you've your dream of becoming a lawyer. Mm-hmm. You're doing it. You're living your life. You're you're an attorney, right? Things should be good. Why become a happiness coach? Where did that even come from?
0: Okay, so to be fair, um, once I graduated from law school and I started working, there was always a annoying sensation or knowing that that wasn't my calling. That it was never enough. So the event marketing company it filled it filled that void for a while. And then my business partners, you know, life happened, they got married, they had children, and we just weren't doing events as much anymore. So there was a low, maybe like a year or two, where it was just like law only, and the, the that voice just kept getting louder and louder. There's more, there has to be more, you know, this can't be my life. And so I really started like digging deep, like, okay, what could I do? What should I be doing? What would really fulfill me with passion every single morning? And in the midst of seeking that answer, I was in a long-term relationship and the relationship ended. And I was really, really disappointed because of that. And it's interesting because in that same period, I was actually helping my partner at the time live out his dreams, fulfill his purpose. And I almost like attach myself to his dreams and goals. And for a while that was okay. But once a relationship just really got uncomfortable and it ended, I was just stuck. Like, okay, now what? No him to hitch my wagon to so just me at law. Now what? Right. And so during that period, I remember asking God, like, why? Like, what, why did you put me on this earth? And if you tell me what it is, I will go at it full course right and so when we broke up I remember I would see friends we had a lot of mutual friends in common and when they would see me they would always ask like how are you doing and it was it was kind of laced with some kind of pity you know and (sighs) I and I was very like okay well the relationship ended I'm sad I'm I'm still here Very disappointed however like the one area of my life being bad does not mean my entire life is bad. I still have a job. I still have my health, you know. And so I, along the way, people kept saying, your perspective is so refreshing. And I was just like, really? It's pers- it's refreshing that I'm choosing myself, choosing my joy. And so people would say, you should write a book. You should write a book. And I knew I was going to write a book at one point in my life. I just didn't know it would have been so soon. And so I started thinking, what is it about me that's so predisposed to optimism? Why am I going through this really heartbreaking experience at 35 years old? It was the hardest decision I had to make, but I had perspective. Mm-hmm. And so as people kept saying, write the book, I, I had an aha moment. I was just like, well, maybe this is what I need to write about. Maybe I need to put my experience down on paper. So that was how it kind of started. And so I was doing little things to motivate myself, whether it was my own quotes. And I always journal, always. I've been journaling since I was 17 years old. And I started sharing some of the quotes on social media. And when I would share it, people would say, oh, my God, I feel like you read my journal today. I feel like you heard a conversation with my best friend and I would share them every day and would just say happiness is because I really was trying to hold on to my joy at that time. My happiness levels had plummeted my whole life. I probably existed on the on the happiness scale one to 10. I've existed at eight to 10. First time ever. I'm at a four. I'm at a five. I'm at a six. I'm just clinging to my joy, girl, clinging to it, but also sharing with people. And so as I am putting that energy out in the world, people are giving me the energy back to build that confidence, right? And so I started writing, I went to my job, I asked for a sabbatical, on the sabbatical, I went to Oxford for two months, a best friend of mine was there, started writing, decided that I loved learning about happiness so much, I wanted to find out if there were any like positive psychology classes, I'm a psychology major in undergrad, Became certified in positive psychology. And yeah, people started reaching out to me to talk on podcasts. Amy, the whole thing has just been so mind blowing that from heartbreak and rejection, I was able to discover my true purpose and my true calling. And so, yeah, that's how the whole happiness coaching thing came about in a nutshell. Yeah. Let me ask something,
2: because. That's
0: an incredible story
2: from the moment you finished becoming an attorney, right? Pass the bar, do all that to this unfortunate event of heartbreak. Mm -hmm. You said you had a nagging feeling
0: like something
2: was missing. How, how much time between the two?
0: Oh, so that was, I graduated in 2005 and I didn't come into my purpose until 2017. So that's 12 years and I'm so happy you, you, you really highlighted that because so many people think you have to figure it out immediately. And so all the things that I went through from 2005 all the way to 2017 when I was in Oxford discovering myself, I published the book in 2018, everything I went through actually wasn't necessary for that moment because planning the events helped me plan my women's empowerment event. Every single season in your life is absolutely necessary you may not realize it when you're living in the season but once you look back through that rear view mirror you see how all the dots have been connected and my favorite bible verse is romans eight twenty eight: all things are working together for good and in the toughest, hardest seasons, you're like, Lord, what? How is this working together for my good? That's crazy. I'm 35. I'm by myself trying to figure out my life. I have it all planned out. I know this. That's not working together for my good. Uh, yeah. Five years later, I am here to testify. It has all worked together for my good. Yeah. It's and, and the
2: thing is, and the point that you make is, you know, a lot of times people think if it has to happen immediately. But the other thing is people think that they miss the window. Mm. and uh, it's so heartbreaking when you hear that because they're like that's it it's over I can never be that eight to ten scale that you were talking about yeah that means life is always going to be lived at a six or a seven I can't get there it's too late right I mean how many times have people and maybe you've experienced it because you've been in my head so it's possible that people come in like so when are you going to get married when are you going to have kids you know that's when life happens. That's when you'll be happy. You're you're living less than right now because mm-hmm. you're not married, you're not dating, you're not doing all these things, and so when we talk about this, it's like I think people have a, the wrong idea or definition for happiness. Like they're and you talk about this, and I forget what chapter it was about postponing happiness. Mm-hmm. And so I say all this to say uh, I want to talk about that because. You, you say it so well, because I think a lot of people who are listening to this podcast right now are postponing their happiness for a certain set of events to happen. So where did that come from? Where did that chapter about postponing happiness come from? And can you talk a little bit about why it's important to not postpone?
0: So the thing about it is that people think that happiness is outside of themselves and really it starts within, right? And so it's, it's what you said. I'm going to be happy when I get married. I'm going to be happy when I have the baby. I'm going to be happy when I make six figures. But ultimately you can have all those things. And if you aren't happy, content and at peace with yourself, you could add all those things and nothing will change. And so the next thing I want to say is that having an abundance mindset, There is no limit to happiness. You can be happy at 5, 7, 12, 25, 93, 100. Once you are alive, you have hope. Once you have a pulse, you have possibility. So any moment you could choose that today is a day that you want to change your life, that you want to go back to school, that you want to register for that workshop. People keep waiting for this miraculous moment for Everything to come together for them to start living the lives of their dreams, which is the life of your dream starts the moment you decide that, okay, I want to live the life of my dream. And the next thing that really keeps me focused is that as you're postponing your happiness, right, you are under the, the belief that you're going to have two more years on this earth or five more years. And just this just this year, I've lost two friends at 40 years old from cancer. Two of them, one had four children and one had no children, but just got married. And so the one who just got married, she lived her life so fully. And so, you know, it hurt me so bad that she passed. But I also felt so much peace knowing that she lived full out from the minute I met her in college. That girl has been living her life fully always with a smile on her face. So we think that we have time and I pray that all of us listening have 50 more years, 60 more years on this earth. But what if you don't? What if next year is your last day on this, next year, next year, February 5th, is your last day on this earth? Would it have mattered if you lost the 50 pounds or would it have mattered if you did the half marathon. what what truly matters. Right. And so I like to live my life in that way. It may sound a little bit morbid, morbid, but it actually keeps me focused really and truly Ro. If tomorrow were your last year on earth, would you want to spend your last day on earth doing this thing? Absolutely not. I don't want to spend my last day on earth worried, crying, wondering when I'm going to get married, wondering when I'm I'm going to have kids. I want to spend my last day on earth soaking up all the joy and the love from the people who care about me. Because that's the only thing I have control over. That's actually the only thing we all have control over is this present moment. So we need to have that self-awareness that right now this moment is all we have and it's an absolute gift to be here and experience it.
2: First of all, I'm so sorry for the loss of your friends.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you.
2: This whole year, right. Has been crazy. And I I think people need to understand if they haven't figured that out already from hearing what you just said, that life is precious Mm -hmm. and way too short to be spending it on the happiness of others. And so one of the things I think people struggle with that maybe you can help them with today is how do I know what makes me happy? Because I know what people tell me will make me happy and some of it I've tried and been like, no, that's not it, that that wasn't it. And some people think that it's too late because of the position they're in. So one, how do we figure out what makes us happy?
0: So for one, you absolutely need to get still. You have to spend quiet time with yourself. We are living in a generation and a time where we are bombarded with so many external forces, so much outside noise. And so we don't even know what really matters to us. So mindfulness is important. Meditation, if you can, when you wake up in the morning, before you roll over and pick up that phone, spend five to 10 minutes just being, just being, just be still. You'll be surprised that once you start listening to your thoughts, you'll start hearing and becoming more confident about the things that matter to you. Another thing that I like to tell people is when you're a child, there's something about that childlike wonderment and joy. You know, in my book, I speak about the eight-year-old version of you. Tap into that person again. What did you want to be when you grew up? Remember, you just asked me that question earlier, and I loved it. What did you want to be when you grew up? Think about the times in your life when you were happiest. Who were you with? What were you doing? And so that starts cluing you in to some of the things that you enjoy. So for instance, if your mom told you, turn off the lights, go to sleep, but you remember staying up and reading books. When was the last time you read a book? You know what I mean? So if you remember going to the beach with your dad and your family when you're younger and you got so excited to go to the beach, why haven't you gone to the beach? Why are you not incorporating beach trips in your life? little things like that. If you know there is certain music that you enjoy, right? I love social music. It makes me so happy. Why are you listening to the music that you enjoy? So what I would say is in figuring out your happiness, write a happy list. Today, take some paper down, take some paper and a pen and write happy list. What makes me happy? And on a scale of one to 10, how happy am I? And be absolutely brutally honest with yourself. If you are at a four, you are at a four. You cannot fix what you don't confront. So it don't make sense. You lying to yourself and telling your friends and your family, I'm great and I'm happy and I'm good. And then in the night, you're crying on your pillow, feeling all unhappy and disappointed about where life has taken you. So the minute that you can be honest to yourself about how you're truly feeling, that's when you are able now to start on the journey. And you may need to get support. You may need a happiness coach. You may need to go to therapy. You may need to go to YouTube and Google happiness videos, happiness talks, happiness speeches. You may need to buy my book. Just do the things that you can in your power right now to help you become a better version of yourself. The information is out there, but you will not be able to seek the information or find the answers unless you get completely honest with yourself about where you are currently.
2: I gotta, I gotta call out two observations.
0: Yeah. One, the quote you said. You can't fix
2: what you don't confront. Yes, that was it. You cannot fix what you cannot, what you don't confront. Exactly. The other one is, In everything you said, you didn't bring a third party into it. In everything you said, you didn't bring someone else into it. It was all about you. And everybody listening, I want you to hear that. Because I think sometimes we rely on other people to make us happy. And it's a struggle when they don't. And I think that that causes trouble and friction, right? It's the spouse who will make me happy. My kids will make me happy. Other people will make me happy. But I don't remember you saying anything about other people. And what you said. Am I right?
0: You're absolutely right. Listen, we're all on our own journey. And so that is putting too much pressure on another human being who is also trying to figure themselves out. You know, how selfish of me to think that I should then go and project my unhappiness on somebody and expect them to fix it when they are going through their own life journey, their story. It's not fair. It's not fair. So As we said earlier, you know, both of us were talking off air, energy attracts. So if you realize that you're hanging around negative Nancy's and Debbie donors, you have to also be very careful about who you're allowing to speak in your life. And you have to have healthy boundaries. What are you listening to? What are you reading? What are you watching on social media? What are you consuming? All of those things really impact how you feel. So be very mindful on a day-to-day basis about the things that you're doing and the people that you're spending your time with. You have the power. You know, your happiness is truly your responsibility. And once you take ownership of it, then you're able to cultivate a life that you really feel good in and about. One
2: of the, uh, a quote from your book, uh, it was day 22, that stuck out with me from what you're saying was, A few months earlier, I decided that I was going to prune all the areas that were not bearing fruit out of my life. And that really resonated with me because I don't think we prune enough. Mm -hmm. I don't think we prune because I don't think
0: we realize we can. You can. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. I think people, you know, human beings, I don't think we realize how much power we have. We have so much power, but a lot of us are so stuck stuck in our heads. And the next thing I like to tell people is, People really aren't thinking about you. They're so consumed (laughs) with their own lives, with their bills, with what they're going to eat for dinner, for breakfast, their jobs. People aren't thinking about you. So you're over there thinking, oh, my, if I don't go to that function or if I don't talk to that person or if I don't do this, this person is going to be offended. Girl, that person is not thinking about you. They are trying to survive. They're trying to get through their days and their lives. So take the focus off the external and bring it towards yourself. And listen, people come into your life and opportunities too. Season, reason, lifetime. The worst thing to do is try to drag summer all the way into winter, then winter (laughs) all the way into spring. No, seasons change. You know, and so you have to be very understanding of that fact. Everything doesn't have to last forever. What did that person come to teach you? What did that job come to teach you? You know, Rochelle 10 years ago is not the Rochelle today. And I'm happy that I decided that I was open to growth because I could easily have just stayed stuck in the 10 years ago Rochelle, but then I would have missed out on the magic of this Rochelle. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I think there's
2: something to be said about boxes that we put ourselves in and traditions that we hold to, because I think sometimes it makes us small. It keeps mm-hmm. us from from growing outside of, of who we can be, right? I mean, imagine if if this is all we think we could be. One, we're not giving God the credit he deserves, right, To to blow us up. But also, I think we're doing ourselves a disservice, right? So I can only imagine what we're missing out on if you hadn't gone through that experience, if you hadn't had the revelation of writing this book and sharing your experiences, I told you off the air, I felt like you were inside my head. We may have had it at different points at different reasons, but we've both had feelings of loss of unhappiness of that empty feeling of what was going on. Mine was at age of 26 and didn't really get filled in till late later in my thirties. And so, Right. We all feel like, we we feel like I think that we're we're special. Yeah. And we are, but we're not at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So for the people that you work with and the people that you talk to, how do you get them to kind of take that stand, that realization? Is there a way to get them to see it?
0: So I like, you know, Honestly, we are all fearfully, wonderfully made. We're all miracles. We are all special. There is no doubt about it. But what I will say is that there's nothing that you will go through, have gone through that another human being has not. Hmm. There's 7.6 billion people in this world. And so, you know, people like to say, there are really no new experiences per se. If you ask your grandma, grandma, did your friend go through heartbreak? (laughs) Yup. When she was 25, did you worry about having kids? Yup. You know, so we have similar experiences. What I will say though is that vulnerability is bravery. So the more that we are able to speak up about our experiences, we give permission to others to speak about theirs. So the thing is, is what you said, I wrote this book telling you, telling the world really about what I've gone through. And then you were able to say, whoa, aha moment, I went through that too. So what I would task my clients, audiences that I speak to is you're not alone. One, you're not alone. Two, share, not with everybody, but with the right people. You'll be surprised what people are going through. And there's something about community, which is why I'm huge on testimonies because a firsthand testimony is powerful. If I could walk away from a relationship at 35 and be heartbroken and confused about what was next, and I could turn that lemon into a margarita, let's say. Then so can you, you know, I am no more special in that way than anybody else. It just depends on how you view things Mm -hmm. or thoughts have power. You know, are you going to look on it as the glass half full, the glass half empty, or are you going to realize that I have a glass and it's refillable (laughs) and it's refillable you know and so it's all about your perspective so one you are absolutely not alone there's nothing that you should be ashamed of own your story your story is necessary and i give you permission today to share it to own it and stand in its truth and in its power because it's so it's so empowering once you realize i am who i am everything i went through made me me and i am not a mistake I may have made mistakes, but I am not a mistake. None of us are a mistake, right? And so now that we know better, we do better. And we have self-compassion. Don't beat yourself up for the things that you didn't know when you didn't know it. You can't use, I can't use 39-year-old Rochelle's wisdom on 30-year-old Rochelle. And trust me, I have, there are a couple of times I was like, (laughs) oh, I wish I'd just known better at 30. I just wish I'd known. I wouldn't have wasted so much time. But really and truly, the only reason why I can say that is because I've lived these nine years. Yeah. And I've had these experiences. So be kind to yourself. Be kind to yourself.
2: Absolutely. And in talking about perspectives. So I turned 40 last year. Happy birthday. Thank you. And happy birthday to you. Because as of this airing, your birthday was a week ago about yes yes, happy birthday to you what was it like you know turning this age and then kind of what were your expectations i think as we get older as i hit 40 i was looking back and maybe because it's a milestone i was thinking what have i achieved what have i not does that what and what does that mean and i think 38 year old amy at the time would have been like lord this is this is not good. I'm a failure in so many other people's plans and been distressed by it. Whereas today I'm like, life is good. Life is blessed. Right. But for you, when you were going through that, right, you had a life changing experience at 35. Here you are about to hit a milestone or hitting that milestone. What was that like for
0: you? So, you know, to be completely honest, I knew one of the things that would have given me anxiety and angst Mm -hmm. was the fertility issue because that was the thing that almost kept me stuck at 35 was the fertility issue. If I move on, am I going to be able to have kids? Am I going to miss the window? And that was such an important thing for me, right? So in October last year, I went and I froze my eggs. So I believe that within my power, I was going to do the things Mm -hmm. that could alleviate the stress or the angst of turning 40. Funny enough... February rolled around, and all of a sudden I just started feeling like, okay, what does this mean? Like, what does my life stand for? Like, have I done enough? You know, I started thinking about legacy. And I remember for the first couple of days, I was really being hard on myself and um wondering when am I gonna have kids and when am I gonna meet the right person? And is it gonna happen? And eventually I just had to stop and really focus on the fact that I am exactly where I need to be. And I just started filling myself up with the stories, the success stories of women, 40, older, who fulfill their dreams of getting married and having children. And I just decided that I am enough. I am enough exactly as I am. Me, myself, and I, without kids, without a husband, I am enough. And that's Fine, because I can't change anything. I can't make a husband. I can't (laughs) make a man. You know what I mean? I just decided, focus my energy on the things I have control over, which is my joy, my peace, my happiness. And that's it, staying healthy. And so now I'm even more committed to eating well and taking my vitamins so I can live a long, healthy, happy life. And that when I do have children, which I know I will have children, I will be a healthy mom and I will have the energy. So I'm just focusing on the things I have control over as opposed to the things that I don't, because that's where the whole dissatisfaction with life happens in that gray area of losing focus on the things that you have, which you should be grateful for, and then where you want to be. And I'm just like, you know what? Let me just focus my energy on where I am, which is all I have control over. It's such a cycle, right? Because even for yourself as a happiness
2: coach, I know some people looking outside in would be like, she's got it all. She's figured out the formula. She's a happiness coach. And I think it's important that people understand that it takes work, even for, for all of us. It takes work to do this, to understand that even if you miss the window, there are ways, there are options. It may not be the ideal one. It may not be the popular one. It may not be the one that's on TV. But there exactly. are ways. And, you know, so it's it's good to hear, right? It kind of normalizes yeah. you and the experience. And people are like, hey, your guest, that was amazing. I'm like, remember, she's just like you. You, listening guys, we're, we're like one another.
0: Yeah, we are. We are. And life, you know what, to Amy, life doesn't have to be linear. Mm. We don't have to have... Oh, it all figured out. It doesn't take anything away from it if it happens in a different way. If option A doesn't work, it doesn't mean that option B and option W or option P won't be even more incredible, you know? And so be open to the magic of the universe. You know, sometimes we hold so closely on our plans, which I know I did that before. But if I if, if my plans had worked out how I imagined. I wouldn't be here talking to you today. I wouldn't be living the life of my dreams, waking up every day, inspiring people to live the life of their dreams, And so I am grateful for closed doors, which is why now I am like, okay, God, universe, bring it on. Surprise me. Right. I am open to all the goodness because my little plan that I had five years ago is nothing in comparison to where I am right now. You know, so don't look on things not happening your way as a bad thing and I think people always think the worst case scenario but there is the opposite the best case scenario just as much as the bad thing can happen the good thing can happen too so start rewiring your brain for the best case scenario and you absolutely can because our happiness scientifically proven 50% of our happiness is based on our genetics 10 is on our life circumstances, for instance, COVID right now, and 40% is based on our habits. So what are your habits? What are your daily habits? Are they setting you up for success, for happiness? What is your prescription for happiness? Write it, start working on it today. What makes you happy? And start doing it more often than not, but also leave some room for serendipity, And for magic, because trust me, life will surprise you if you will just open your heart to all the goodness that it has to offer.
2: Absolutely. hundred percent. And guys, that's a perfect segue for our time to be intentional. Hold on. Let's go. It's time to be intentional. All right. We talked about habits. We've talked about so many different things and cycles and happiness and how it's in our control, right? We got to talk about what is one thing that these guys What is the most common mistake that dream chasers make when chasing their dream?
0: Fair, 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 fair holds us hostage. And fair, it's not that fair is a bad thing because you need to be fearful in some instances um, to protect yourself, right? But I think sometimes we will overthink things, the fear of failure, the fear of not being good enough. And so what I will say to counteract that is to have faith, to have faith in the outcome, to have faith in yourself, to believe that you have the skills. And I'll say this, success leaves clues. There are 7.6 billion people in the world. There's somebody who is doing something similar to what you would want in Australia, in New Zealand, in China, in Japan, somewhere in the world. Go on the internet, research, and you'll be surprised and just start we don't have to have it all figured out. Small wins also give you momentum for big wins, So just start. Stop trying to talk yourself out of your goals and dreams. I don't care if it is the most minute thing that you can do today. Just get started because just that little tiny win will give you the confidence to say, OK, if I could get through that, then what else can I do? So don't succumb to fear, you know, use it to propel you like, OK, I'm fearful of this thing. But OK, what if I fail? Did I die? Will I die? You probably won't. I'm almost sure you won't. So just get going. Have faith in yourself. Have faith in your abilities. And every single successful person you have ever seen, let me tell you, they've all had fear. They've all had to overcome it. We're all human beings. I was fearful to put my book out in the world. Who is going to buy it? But people bought it. So your gifts will make room for you. But you just have to start. You just have to start.
2: So that you may already answer the next question, which is what is one action these guys can do today to chase their dreams?
0: Start. There you go. Just start. Look, go use the internet. Use social media for your benefits. Use it to inspire you. There's nothing different from you and the woman who is now the billion dollar brand, right? The difference is, is that she believed in herself she decided to be determined and to just not take no for an answer. And so people are so used to looking on the success story, but not digging deeper to see what people did to get where they, they are. And so I said it earlier, it took me 12 years to uncover and unleash my passion. You don't have to figure it out overnight. There is no quote unquote overnight success do the work, believe in yourself. But I will say it again, you just have to start. You must start. Actually, today you are going to start. The book, write one sentence. There you go. I, write one sentence every day this week. You don't need to write a chapter. Write one sentence. There you go. That's it. If you want to lose 10 pounds, go outside and walk three minutes. You could do that. You could do a three minute walk. Break down your goals in bite-sized pieces and let's go we have big lives to live y'all we are not playing small anymore we are chasing our dreams and we are gonna win at life there you go guys i can't i
2: can't say it better she didn't make you walk five minutes she said three minutes y'all come on now anybody can do three minutes we can do three (laughs) minutes all right come on now Rochelle, this has been an amazing conversation. How can these guys connect with you and learn if they want to learn more? Where can they find you?
0: So I'm on all social media platforms at um, Rochelle Gepair. My name, Rochelle Gepair. And my website, Rochelle Gepair, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And I love hearing from people. I love getting direct messages. I want to hear how my message resonated with you. But more importantly, I want to hear how you are living out your dreams and what you have done to start implementing the joy in your life. So keep me posted. I'm excited and I'm cheering for you. Guys, the link
2: to her book will be in the show notes. I highly recommend you check it out. It's available on Kindle paperback. Go read it. She has a journal that accompanies it also, so you can get that. But I I highly recommend it because there are lessons in there that resonated with me so much that I was, I told, first thing I told you, I think was
0: you were in my head yes yes and And i was blushing you filled my little heart (laughs) up with so much joy she
2: will be in your head as well read the book make a change just start you won't regret it rochelle thank you so much for being on the show
0: oh thanks for having me amy god bless you
2: there you have it guys that was rochelle gapere was i right i'm telling you it's amazing what she has done the lessons she's learned. And that was just from this episode. You guys definitely have to check out her book because the lessons she's taught will help you get further in your dream chase. And if you can't do that, do one thing she said, start writing your happy list, right? Don't let fear stop you. Use it today. Start today and take things a small piece at a time, bite-sized chunks, okay? Start, just start. So wanted to share that with you. If you missed it, there was a lot of nuggets of wisdom being dropped today. So check it out. Listen to the episode again or check out the show notes over at amyj21.com slash episode 243. That's episode 243. All right, Dream Chasers. Until next time, remember, don't stop. Keep chasing.
1: Thank you so much for listening to Chasing Dreams. Amy would love to connect with you and hear all about your pursuit of chasing your dreams.